Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his friend Jake and special guest Chris gives you sports betting tips. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. And you can follow Chris on Twitter at Hot Tip Bets Chris and watch his daily college basketball show on YouTube as well. I can talk on his show Tuesday night. That was a lot of fun. Now we're uh, flipping the home road team. Uh, anything else you want to add, Chris, before we uh, get going? Nope, that's about it. If you like college basketball stuff, I, I do some of that and go check it out. Yep, and you get your videos out the night before usually, right, rather than the morning of? Yeah, I try to post later in the night as the as the games are winding down. Yep, so that works all well, right. If, you, if you're a night owl, you can catch his stuff then, or uh, if you're up early, right, his stuff is out uh, earlier than ours is. Uh, we record here in the morning of. Uh, today is Thursday, February 17th, 2022. This episode will cover today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division One college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode is available in the Google Sheet linked in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, C picks are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, quick little recap before we uh, get going. My game breakdowns, not good yesterday. One and four puts me at six and nine on the week. Uh, Jake, yours, two and three. Still ten and five on the week, though. Hey. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, a plays, uh, struggling this week i meant to look, go back and look at the records this week a plays one and six the previous seven days i think there were like 12 and 10 so you just never know when that's going to get going hopefully that is today i really like the ones today they, they make a lot of sense hopefully they will get going uh buzzer beaters i went two and one that puts them at eight and two on the week so i'm glad those are finally turned around jake you hit all three buzzer beaters um yesterday so that puts you overall jake all your picks 15 and seven on the week so a good week for you before we get to today's Slater Miner, please like and subscribe, follow and rate. We appreciate any and all of those things. They help us out a lot. Drop a comment if you're on YouTube. We love those. And try to respond to as many as we can. If you drop a comment for Chris, uh, maybe he'll be better at responding here than I was. I I'm used to the YouTube program telling you what a comment is. And so I kind of went through when I was, Chris, when I was on your show, I kind of went through and I was like, just kind of going through my day, teaching my classes, you know? And then all of a sudden later, I was like, wait a minute, it's not going to alarm me. I got to go see what the comments were. Maybe you'll do better than, than I did on that one. Yeah, it's hard to remember when you don't get that notification. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, re I rely on that notification, frankly. So uh, yeah, leave comments for, for Jake or I like usual. We love those. Or leave a comment for Chris and we'll, we'll all try to get back to you uh, today. Tonight's slate, we've got one early game and then a ton of late games to talk about. We're going to kick us off with 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, Michigan at Iowa. I'm going over. 150.5 the model makes it 152 and a half i still think that's low the model is 14 and 3 on iowa over edges this season jake and i were talking uh about this recently iowa loses luca garza and kind of you know everyone decides oh well luca didn't play defense they're gonna be better defensively and they're not they're like the same team they just run up and down they play no defense i like the over here uh jake we'll go to you next what do you have uh, I'm I'm on Iowa. I think they cover this fairly easy. They're nine and five at home against the spread. They're they really seem to be going pretty well right now. They've won their last three in a row, two of which were over twenty point games. Um, Michigan just really doesn't have the guard play to keep up with this Iowa team. And the way Iowa paces, especially at home, um, they're going to take Hunter Dickinson out of the game, and he's not going to be able to keep up. And it's just going to be an up and down game because. Guards are what control the tempo, and Michigan just doesn't have them. Um, so, like like I said, the pace kills Hunter Dickinson, and Iowa runs away with this. Of course, yeah, I, 
I agree with what a lot with what you guys said. Offensively, Iowa is just so, so strong right now. But yeah, you're right. That defense just didn't seem to keep up. Um, but I do love them in this game. Michigan has kind of struggled against better teams in the Big Ten this season, um, especially being on the road at Iowa here. I think it's going to be a tough one. Like you said, I think Dickinson's um, going to have a little bit of a rough game, even against a, an Iowa defense that isn't necessarily the best. Um, but I think Iowa, I see this kind of being a, a closer game and in, in Iowa pulling away in you know, the later second half. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I see this one going. I'm curious. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little off script here. Um, at the end of any season, we always look back, not baseball aside, right? We always look back though and say, that result was really weird. I feel like we're going to look back at the Michigan Purdue game. How, are we already, can we already say that? Or is it more, we have to wait back. I feel like that was just the weirdest result. Cause like you said, Michigan doesn't play well against the better teams. It just to handle Purdue the way they did recently. I I'm still surprised at that. Are y'all as surprised as I am about that or. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that blew me away. I wasn't ready for that. I thought, like, if you look back at Michigan's schedule so far, they've got two wins against tournament teams besides that, and then that one out of nowhere. That just made yeah. no sense. Yeah, I think there's always a, a couple of games for every team in a season where you're just like, huh, what happened in this yeah. one? <laughs> right, and that's and that's a tough thing in this business, right, With especially with college football with fewer games, right? But with college basketball, they always say, you know, you play 30 games, you're always going to have five that you look great and five that you look awful in. And it's trying to tease out which one, when you see a result, is this a new norm? Is this they figure something out? Or is this just one of those games and you just got to say, I got to kind of ignore it, right? Because it, it doesn't fit with the rest of the trends. And that'll take us to uh, kind of, again, the light slate. We're getting there early tonight. But an under the radar game that I think will be a lot of fun. Uh, West Coast Conference uh, implications for who can get the two seed there. Uh, San Francisco at St. Mary's. The model makes this 130. I'm going to take an under 132. Uh, both teams have actually overperformed by numbers. They've been a little bit better than I've expected, so it makes it interesting when those two teams go against each other. Um, but both have been under my numbers. So if that holds true today, then 130 is going to be hard for them to get to. I always love in these low-spread uh, games that are kind of two really good teams uh, I like the under because we have a real good chance of just grinded out possessions. Every possession matters, you know, taking extra seconds on the shot clock. You take five extra seconds looking for a better look. That's going to get us to an under. So I like under 132 here. Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I'm, I'm riding San Francisco here. I'm not exactly excited about it. Um, they, were, they were up 17 and a half in the last in the last matchup and ended up losing by two. Free throws were a big, big difference. But this is a huge game for both teams. Like you said, not only – Western West uh, WCC standings trying to avoid Gonzaga until the championship, but at large they've got two quad wins apiece each, and they both have a losing record in the quad one area. So this is their, really their last chance to get another quad one win, and especially if San Francisco drops this, they there's no way they get in over St. Mary's. So you're looking at a third bid for this team for them to get in, and. I don't think I don't see that happening. So this is a huge game. I don't think there's any way they let Tass just dominate him like he did last time with a 17-12. I think they they cover it pretty well. They hit better than 60% of their free throws this time around instead of shooting like 55 or whatever it was, and they come through and at least keep it close, if not win the game. Yeah, and I think this is one of those games, you know, all the people out there who saying Gonzaga plays no one. You got to be watching this game because these two teams can really play with your hang with a lot of teams in you know the greater college basketball landscape. Um, both of them have very solid defenses. 
I would probably lean towards the St. Mary side, but I think this game is really just, you know, two top West Coast Conference teams, um, and it's very, very hard to pick a side in this one. Um, but probably that slight lean to St. Mary's just because they're at home in this game. Yep, yep. It should be a really good one. And, and Jay, kind of like you were alluding to there, you know, St. San Francisco really needs this win. If, if they get this win on the road here, going to be really hard to keep them out of the tournament. If they lose, now it's a little bit dicier. You know, they have to avoid an early exit in the conference tournament, that sort of thing. So definitely an important game there. Same time slot, Creighton and DePaul. So a late start there, uh, 9 p.m. Central uh, local time there for them. DePaul is a three-point home favorite, total of 136 and a half. I've got an A pick for you on Creighton plus three. This is the first time I backed Creighton all year, so I have nothing to say about them because I've never backed them. I've only faded them. What I will say is Creighton's played a lot better lately. They started off the year struggling. They've kind of got it rolling. Uh, I like taking the field goal with Creighton. The model makes it a pick so if you like plus odds in the money line, if that's your persuasion, I think Creighton's got a really good chance to get the outright win here And what I think is a toss-up game. should be a fantastic game, and so I just think there's a lot of value. It's a pick that if you make this uh, consistently in the long run, you're going to increase your bankroll, and that is our goal here. Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I'm, I'm all over Creighton in this one. I mean, it makes me a little nervous that Freeman Liberty came back last game, which is probably my favorite name in all the sports right now. But he is he's very good. I just don't think they've got the big guys to handle it, and I think that's where Creighton dominates. In the last matchup, that's where they got him. They got every, they got DePaul in foul trouble and then kept running, from, kept running with that because the big guys also hit free throws. So it's really good for DePaul – or not, uh, Creighton – like when they can feed those big guys, kind of slow the pace down, and they're very underrated defensively, very, a very solid defensive team. Uh, so I, I don't think DePaul has enough offense to cover this. Dan, when I first looked at this game, I'm like, oh, they meant to make Creighton minus three. I thought they just had it listed wrong. And right. I kept looking at it. That's no, but it was plus three everywhere. I'm like, well, I, I guess that's what the line is. This DePaul team just you know does the same thing every year they look good during non-conference play and the mm -hmm, big east mm -hmm. play columns and they just absolutely fall apart and you know creighton has definitely looked a little bit better as of late their defense um ha has you know started to look a little bit better and yeah i, I think that just this line is just not where it should be i don't know why creighton is, is underdogs in this game <laughs> Yep, yep. So all, all three of us liking Creighton there. I don't know if that's good or bad. And Jake, you point out Freeman Liberty coming back. It is an interesting note. Um, they just played, um, let's see, today's Thursday. They just played, was it two, Monday or Tuesday? I think Tuesday. Tuesday. And you have a groin injury. You wonder, I, I don't think he's going to be at 100%. I, I could be wrong on that. Obviously, we hope everybody's at 100% always. But that's just something to keep in mind. That Yes, he is back. Yes, he did play last game. But now... A quick turnaround, there's a decent chance that they're still kind of cautious with his minutes and or he's just a little bit limited, isn't quite as, you know, explosive or whatever. And so in, any, it, it, it reminds me of, right back in college football, we had the Notre Dame-Virginia game late in the season. Armstrong, you know, at the end of the game two weeks before that or whatever, is limping off the field, you know, telling his coaches he broke his rib. And I'm like... Man, if I thought I broke my first off, if I thought I broke my rib, I'm laying on the ground. I'm not walking off the field. And then, of course, he's you know questionable for that Notre Dame game. And I remember at some point I, I hopped on Notre Dame and I thought this num if he plays, this number is right, and I got a 50-50 shot at covering this. And if he doesn't, it's even better. And that's kind of how I feel about this one. Like even if Freeman Liberty's 100%, I still like our chances to cover with Creighton. And if he's not 100%, that just makes our odds better. So just something to keep in mind there for that one. And then our last game, really late one, 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central, Washington State at UCLA. The model makes a total 133 and a half. 
And so I'm going over 131 and a half. Interestingly enough, the model is 5-0 and on under edges on both of these teams and 11-7 and on over edges. So the model's done fairly well pegging how these teams will play. I think that that 131 number is too short. So in the long run, I think plays like this are going to increase their bankroll. So I'll take over that 131 and a half. Jake, can UCLA win by double digits? Yeah, I think they do. Um, UCLA and Washington State are two similar similar teams in style, and UCLA is just better at it. Um, they've been kind of slipping here defensively, like their defensive metrics are dropping in their last three. But offensively, and they've been in a little bit of slump. But I think they kind of kick out kick out of that. And this Washington State team, I'm not sure where a lot of the hype came from. They really they've got some real bad losses on their on their record with South Dakota State, New Mexico State, and Eastern Washington. Like that's not good if you're in a trying to be in a power five school trying to make the tournament. It's not it's not gonna work if you're gonna drop to them. They're way too dependent on Michael Flowers to get the offense going with him being the leading scorer, leading assist guy, and he just runs it. And it's a bad matchup for him because he's a shorter guard and UCLA's got three bigger guards that can run run with him and just make his life miserable. So I think UCLA gets their defense and offense back on track and wins this by like twelve to fifteen. Yeah, I was very high on Washington State going into the season, and you're right. They've just lost some very questionable games this season. Yeah. It's really a hard team to to understand at the moment, but um, I have a hard time, you know, laying double digits with, with UCLA in this one. You know, coming off that, that three-overtime game against Arizona State, they had so many chances to win that game. ASU wanted to give it away, um, and, and they didn't. Kind of the same story with USC, and I think, yeah, I think we do see, you know, UCLA bounce back a little bit in this game, but um, really right where this spread is at, I think it's so, so hard to pick. Um, I want to take Washington State because of the, the little preseason bias I definitely still have with me. Um, but I think at this point in the season, UCLA is just definitely the much better team. Yep, yep. And Christian, uh, about the, the triple overtime game, I'm just reminded of, you know, Mississippi Valley State Saturday goes four overtimes and then it's like no big deal. We could just go out and win as 10 point underdogs on Monday. So I, it's funny how that affects some teams like it should and then other teams apparently it doesn't. Mississippi Valley State apparently <laughs> doesn't. I'm still better about that. Just <laughs> throwing that out there. And that'll take us to our talk me out of segment. Um, UCF at Houston, the other main game we haven't talked about. So, Jake, I'm going to ask you, talk me out of UCF. I've got them at plus 14 is the current number at Houston, and the model thinks it should only be 13. So right now the model would give a slight lean to UCF at plus 14. Jake, why do you like Houston? I, I think, one, I think Samson is a much better coach than Dawkins right now. Dawkins has struggled against ranked teams. He's 5-17, and 17, and he just – it's like the stage gets a little too big for him, and that really hurts me to say as being a Duke fan like I am. Like it, it really hurts me to bring down Dawkins. But he's just not done well in the – like besides the one matchup with Duke where they showed up and shouldn't have. Um, but Houston's like been struggling these last two games. I think they get it together. I think Samson fixes it. Gives, they stay out of foul trouble and run away, run away with this team because UCF is on the, on a slide right now. They're not. I know they've won the last couple, but they've not really played against good good competition. And uh, Houston's gone against the best of what the American Conference has, and has at least made them tight. Uh, in the last matchup, Houston won by 14, but held uh, UCF to 49 points. I, I don't see them scoring too much more than that. I think Houston shoots. Well, well above what they need to to cover this, and 
like the like you said, I think the defense is the biggest difference. I don't know that UCF can overcome this Houston defense. Yeah, um, we'll see if I can break a tie here. I think I would lean UCF in this game, um, but this game is hard to pick. I mean, these two teams in the American are two that I absolutely love. Um, and honestly, I would feel more comfortable taking UCF had Houston not just come off of two-game losing streak. Right. Um, I, right. I think that is a huge selling point for Houston playing well in this game. It is. Um, and, you know, UCF, though, is not a team that's just going to roll over. Yeah, you're right. Johnny Dawkins has, has definitely had some struggles. But um, at least me personally, I, I still have some hope that maybe he can can get things turned around for this U, um, UCF team. Um, I think on the road, though, it's going to be a tough, tough matchup. Yeah, I would probably, you know, if I had to bet it, lay the points with UCF. But um, I think it's definitely a hard one to choose. It really is. And I think it's a great point you make. Like, had Houston not come off these two losses you say this is a spot where they're a little sleepy and they you know they they put it into coast right and they, and they go on they win by 10 and it's no big deal but yeah, you wonder how intense the practices are how you know samson if he's all over on that sort of thing and uh that that to me is uh, a, a tougher variable to to factor that the the model you know isn't uh incorporating all right so my decision on this one jake you've been rolling in this segment Took your first oh, yeah. loss last night on, uh, you know, UConn team who missed the front end of a one and one late, um, and then gives up a last second shot when they're up seven on a fadeaway near the three point line. Yeah. I think that was a fluky loss. I'm gonna trust you again. I'm gonna go with Houston minus thirteen. I'm gonna think that that angle of Houston having played poorly, I think they're gonna come out on fire. So I'm I'm going with you, Jake. The model's edge is not big enough for me to back. So I'm gonna take Houston minus thirteen. Uh, something I did forget to point out with SMU losing last night, we've got uh, Houston's got first place, but just barely over Memphis. So they've really, really got to stay motivated and really keep going. It's not like they're at a point where they can kind of fall back and rest on their big conference lead they have. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, I'm I'm reluctantly taking Houston. I'm a little nervous, but Jake, I'm gonna trust that in these spots you've done pretty well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the 13 with Houston and uh, hope that they hope that they show up motivated, get it by 20 at the half, and then if they coast, they can still hang on outside of that number. Which takes us to the overtime A plays again. I have not done well this week, but I like all three of these. I think I think at some point it'll turn around, right? You never really know exactly when that'll happen. Hopefully it's tonight. I'm gonna start us off at seven Eastern, six Central, Georgia Southern, plus nine and a half. At Georgia State, it's a lot of points. Um, Georgia Southern has underperformed my numbers by about a point and a half, but Georgia State has underperformed them by about three and a half. I think Georgia State wins, but not by double digits, Jake. Yeah, I don't know too much about these teams other than they're the state of Georgia. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's about all I got. Yeah, um, I am the Georgia Southern defense to me. Um, is definitely a concerning point if you're looking at Georgia State in this game. Um, they, they've been pretty strong offensively, though. Both teams kind of concern me going into this game, and honestly, it's probably one that I won't bet. <laughs> I, I mean, it's never never a bad idea to look at it and say, eh, no big deal. The model thinks 9.5 is too much for that one, though. Uh, I'm flipping the other way on this one. I'm laying a big number. Late, late, late game, 11.30 Eastern, 10.30 Central, USC. I'm laying 10.5 with them versus Washington. This is one where uh, I noticed the Ken Palm line is about 12. Uh, otherwise, I cannot figure out how this number is so low. I think it should be more about 14. This number is way too low. Jake? Yeah, Washington is bad, and they don't match up well. Mobley's good. Boogie Ellis is playing well. USC is the play here. 
Yeah, I am all over USC as well in this game. You know, coming off that huge win against UCLA, Washington just really has not looked good. And we saw them struggle tremendously against Arizona. Um, offensively, if they can get something to go together, they, they might have a chance. But I just don't see that being possible. I think USC runs away with this. Yep, I like it. And then my A-plus play of the day, the best A-pick in my opinion. The only A-pick that's won this week is the A-plus play of the day. So this is my favorite one here. Eight Eastern, seven Central. UM Kansas City minus four and a half at North Dakota. My number's been pretty spot on for both teams. I think that Kansas City wins this one easily. And I love the number. I think this is a good spot here because at four and a half, uh, I think that's a, an easy number to cover. A lot of foul, late foul scenarios get us there. If it's close, if it's not, they run away with it. Uh, it's not one of those numbers like eight where you're wondering if a team will foul or something. So I think the number's great. I think it's a perfect spot for UMKC to win by at least five. Neither team here is worth watching. Um, Kansas, Kansas City's True. Kansas City will cover this. I agree with the play. They're just not fun to watch. It's just, ugh. but fair. Yeah, I was a little confused on this one. I thought UMKC would, you know, be a, a bigger favorite in this game. North Dakota's defense is just not good at all. Um, I guess they're getting a little bit of love because they're at home in this game. But yeah, I'm all over Kansas City as well in this one. All right, and that takes us to buzzer beaters. I've got three for you here. The best B-side all time on these, I am 13 and 8. I'm rolling with Portland State minus 6. I have not taken them in this segment yet. I have taken them in other segments, and they have one. I've, like I said, I've liked Portland. I've liked Portland State. I think both are undervalued. There are a lot of good options on B-sides. If you go check out that Google Sheet, there's a lot of good B-plays that I like. I had a hard time picking, but I felt like I would kick myself for not taking this one. I think that's the smart play. It's the safe play. It's the best one of my opinion the model is seven and three on portland state edges the number is good and northern arizona has been worse than my numbers all year i've got the total of the day five and five all time but four and oh since i brought it back here last week this is a fun one 8 p.m eastern 7 p.m central i'm taking over 162 and a half you heard that right that is a giant number and i'm going over anyway western illinois at south dakota both teams have been over teams both are in the top 50 in tempo uh, South Dakota State has uh, a very efficient offense and no defense. Western Illinois, not as good on offense, but also doesn't play defense at all. This is a crazy high total, but roll with it. I see this one being more up in the 170s or even the 180s. And then I've got some afternoon delight for you here. The 3 p.m. Central tip in the Big Ten standalone game, if you're interested in that one. Minnesota at Penn State. This number yesterday was about 126, and it has climbed and climbed and climbed this morning. It's 129. I'm thinking under 129. I think that is too much. Both these teams have been under teams. I make the number more like 128, but because they've just been uh, more under than my numbers have accounted for, I think that number is probably too high. So I think under 129 makes a lot of sense. A little boring late afternoon basketball. Jake, what are your buzzer beaters? Bringing it back to South Dakota State. I like them to cover this 13 number. Western Illinois doesn't play defense. South Dakota State happens to be, I think, the top three-point percentage team in the nation. So I think they get it rolling there, and it, and they just kind of blow through this Western Illinois team. Um, really like this Western Kentucky team over uh, this kind of rough Charlotte team. I think they win this by double digits fairly, fairly easy. And then – I'm going back to the well with Colorado State. I know they're playing away from home, but I don't. I really don't like New Mexico, and I think Colorado State's kind of got something figured out. And there's really not a matchup for Roddy out there. All right, Chris, yeah. I'll let you take us home. 
Yeah, for me, I like Abilene Christian plus two tonight, taking on Sam Houston State. This Abilene Christian team's been really hot as of late, wins in their last six games. And while this will be their toughest opponent in that stretch, um, I think they're going to be you know, looking for a little revenge from that first meeting. And Sam Houston State cannot shoot free throws at all. I think even mm, if they have yeah. a lead in this game, they're just going to go away. at the end. Yeah, it's, it's going to end up being a close game at the end. I like Abilene Christian plus the two there. I co-sign on that one. I actually have a B pick on Abilene Christian. It's one of the ones I had, like I said, a lot of good B picks for me in that sheet today. So I co-sign with Chris on that one. And that is all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder, check out that Google sheet for picks and totals on all of today's games not covered in this episode. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button. We will get you a new episode every weekday of the college basketball season and that live Q&A episode on Saturday mornings, 9 Eastern, 8 Central on YouTube. Special thanks to Chris for hopping on and joining us. Remember to check out his show on YouTube. Give him a follow on twitter jake and i will see you tomorrow with cousin jared until then remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet your eating money